0: This is the Average to Savage Podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. This episode is powered by Metafans. Metafans is an NFT project for all the sports lovers. You know why you should get Metafans? You know why you should get it? Because it got the ultimate utility. What is utility? It's the perks of having the NFT. You thought about getting an NFT, right? Probably. So this is the one to get for sports lovers. You know why? Because free ticket giveaways free in real life events they're going to be doing cash prizes for fantasy sports and all that good stuff pickums and all that you love fantasy sports i know it right yeah okay so then you're going to go to the website metafans.com you're going to mint it for 0.08 you're going to buy it that's what mint means you're going to buy it right 0.08 around 250 right 250 you get all that they just had a super bowl party at wrigley field they rented out the whole stadium it was nuts it's crazy it's lit they're doing all these good things i think personally it's one of the most slept on projects it's all about the perks you guys think it's just a jpeg this is what you get when you get a jpeg you know go check it out metafans.com m-e-t-a-f-a-n-s.com metafans.com go mint it if you mint one tag me in it at pcg7 tag me average sad tag me pg sports whatever tag metafans obviously tag me too and see what happens maybe you'll get another maybe you'll get another perk who knows you never know Check it out, Metafans. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Demario Davis. Demario, how's it going?
1: What's happening, buddy, my man? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I love always connecting with my Twitter people. That's how I get uh, a lot of meet a lot of new people. And I know uh, we connected via NFT, so I'll jump into that first because I know that's a hot uh, trending topic right now. So tell me a little bit of how you got into NFTs. I got to go start
1: with my crypto journey. Um, I first heard about I first heard about crypto um, back in 2013, um, and I, I couldn't grasp the concept. Somebody was talking about it at a table, but I didn't do my own research and and definitely missed out on that. I was in Bitcoin. Uh, it was the first time I heard a conversation about Bitcoin, um, and then of course uh, the crypto world exploded in 2017, um, and I went and did a little bit. Um, got a little bit, but didn't pay much attention to it. And then uh, when COVID happened, um, my trainer actually moved in to come come stay with me, and and he was meeting with my neighbor, and they were talking about it, and he kind of got me on the wave, and so I I ended up getting quite a bit of, uh, uh, of crypto, and by the time I came back with my team, I started telling a bunch of guys about it, and I guess the more I talked about it, the more I realized how much I, I was enjoying being in this space and, you know, moving with different wallets and being on Coinbase and kind of knowing what was going on and realizing that my teammates didn't, didn't know really half of what I was talking about. I realized, you know, still how early we were in the process and uh, really the NFT things, when NFTs start really becoming a thing, um, I was late again, cause I really didn't understand. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just kind of stay in the crypto space, but, um, then I started to do a lot of research around the metaverse and all the things that was coming in the metaverse. And I was like, oh, man, I could, you know, I have to watch, especially after watching Ready Player One and so many people's kind of making that that connection. Um, I was like, no, I could really see this becoming a thing. And then all of a sudden, the NFT started to make sense, right? Understanding that everything is going to be digital content. And um, yeah, and so I just kind of got into the space, started dabbling around, So I meeting with like different people. And really just started to do like full downloads of just everything Web3, right? Yeah. You know, wanting to know all about the blockchain or knowing, knowing um, all, of, all the onboarding processes um, with crypto, uh, NFTs, uh, DAOs, uh, you know, all, all of it. And so just started to just do a bunch of research. And, uh, very much still an amateur in the space, but I just enjoy it because I, I feel like um, not only is it, uh, you know, something interesting to do, but it's also an uh, opportunity to to bridge the gap in terms of wealth and things like that. So uh, it's been really cool.
0: Yeah, no, definitely it is. It is dope uh, just to connect with new people as well. And um, and what about, um, I know you have a Bored Ape, so how did you acquire that? When when did you acquire it?
1: Um, so I actually acquired it in the middle of the season. Um, I remember when, when Bored Apes, the floor was like 38, and I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's too expensive, man. I, I just, I just can't get, it. I can't get in to, to buying this board eight, you know, at that price. But then I started to do my real, my research and realize how much of a, a, a popular community it was and understanding, um, you know, I kind of looked at it like, a a, a country club pass, yeah. right. Or, or country club membership, like being in this group, you're going to get a chance to learn, you know. A lot more meet a lot of different interesting people and i was like dang you know if you go to a certain country clubs it's expensive too and uh it, it just continues to go up and then i was like dang i gotta get in before it, it uh it just skyrockets even more and you know every time you talk about boy they skyrocketing right it skyrockets again so <laughs> yeah. i was just like you know i gotta get in and so i ended up getting in at the, during the during the uh middle of our football season and uh I remember when I first purchased it and posted all my teammates was coming up, asking me about what it was and stuff like that. And uh yeah, so I've been I've been on that train and then through that, you know, kind of learning about other different projects, caught me a few other other different things. And uh um yeah, so I've been been a part of the wave. I'm a holder, man. Everything I get, I just hold. So um I'm not I'm not a trader or a flipper or anything like that. I just hold if I block it, a good, it's a good move. Um, you know i just whole yeah
0: yeah and i know and you I mentioned hold my age. yeah i know you mentioned before Yeah, you said you were late but you're still early everyone like i think it was like it was like in last november i had i saw a uh, survey and it was like three percent of americans like own nft so i'm assuming it hasn't gone up that much yet so we're still i think super early in the nft space at least um yeah yeah, and then the, the board ape thing. I mean, like you said, it paid off to hold it. I know uh, ape coin got released a couple of days ago or last week, and uh, that paid off for the the holders. And the, like that's why it's crazy because I think it was if you minted it at two hundred, like around it was around like two hundred dollars, we'll say, for the people that don't know about Ethereum, um, and I think it would be equivalent to like a minimum of like four hundred thousand if you got the if you got the board ape. The kennel, the dog kennel club, and the uh, the mutant ape, and then the, the drop of the coins. So pretty crazy, uh, two hundred dollars, like four hundred thousand, and yeah, less than yeah.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's essentially, and that's what this space, you know, afford the opportunity, right? And it's, um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's interesting when you look at it that, um, you know, there's so many different opportunities that managing. Uh, well right you know you put something in, a, in uh, a conservative investment and you get yourself you know 10 15 percent return but you go into something a little more risky where it's like uh private equity or venture capital and now you're looking at trying to get you know somewhere between 25 30 percent return um and the next step to that before this is gambling right okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you go play, you go gamble. I saw something earlier. It was like, you know, you, you bet, you bet two hundred dollars, and it's an opportunity to win two thousand yeah. dollars. Right? That's gambling. You know, it's like that's as risky as it gets. And this is, you know, like you said. I mean, this stuff is happening all the time. It's 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 an intersection between gambling and and conservative management because you can you can manage in this space very conservatively. I mean, the idea of crypto and nfts and everything is so new that it feels super risky but these opportunities really do exist the the the, the risk is because it feels like the wild wild west because there's no regulators right but it's just different and if you really even look at the way that our world is set up you know how can we really trust the regulators that that are regulating us you know Mm -hmm. we so just we just used to centralize they tell us you know the reason why we trust you know everything because they told us you can trust it like you know who's who's doing the Who's really, you know, uh, checking who? And so, it's just one of those things, man. And, and these opportunities are happening left and right, and that's why you really want people, especially why it's super early. You know, it's an opportunity for uh, wealth to really just be transitioned to to back to people who traditionally may have been excluded.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, and and that's why I, I like. Uh, I forgot when the dot-com boom was, but I was too young for that. I'm 29 now, so and I know you're around the same age. So, um, like, that's what it feels like to me is, like, the dot-com boom, and I know that's how a lot of people got rich of buying and selling domain names pretty much, like, at the very beginning of, I guess I guess that was Web 2 or Web 1, whatever they want to call web it. Web 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, But that was and, probably Web
1: 1. That was Web 1.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that's why it's crazy it's like so I, f- I feel like that's why I that's where I think we're at right now like in this web3 space like I feel like we're at the very beginning and that's why it's super interesting and intriguing to me and I'm, I am obviously I know you're super into it too. Um and then yeah just like um knowing that like I'm sure you made you were talking about investments and stuff um in real life and said like you know not the internet um what it, what has it been like like investing in a board aid versus investing in something you, like you just said, you might only made like 10 or 15% off of that. And and it might've been years later.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the time, right. Um,
0: Like, are you surprised? I should say.
1: No, I mean, I think I'm not surprised, but it's, it's it's very interesting. Right. And very exciting. You know, it's so, I'm not, I'm not surprised for the simple fact that in this space it's been doing that for over a decade now. Right? Um, or close to a decade. When you look at cryptocurrency, when it came on the scene, going all the way back to Bitcoin, like people like, hey, Bitcoin's gonna be big, Bitcoin's gonna be big, and it hits, it hits, it hits. Mm-hmm. And like, how long you have many times they gotta say it before you be like, you know what I mean? That you take it serious, right? We're we're in 2022, and it's like the government is just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to take cryptocurrency serious, right? You know, and so you see it over and over and over. So why would you think any different when with anything on the blockchain? Like this is this is the next progression or next evolution uh, of our society. This isn't going away. It's coming, and it's here. And when you see the things that are happening on the blockchain, when you see how we're wired and already engaged digitally all day, every day. You everywhere you go, people are in their phone all day. It we're already consumed by digital content. And now it's just becoming more interactive and, and immersive. Like if that's happening, that's where the people are. Where the people are, that's where the money is. And so that's that's really what's taking place. And so the fact that if, if you're gonna invest in a company right a conservative portfolio is because it's invested in a bunch of different companies right so some are winning some are losing and you kind of break even in the middle a little bit in between like you want to be kind of going on so some of your companies may do 20 percent 25 percent some of them may underperform some may perform at a loss and you kind of gradually end up between like Seven and ten percent that's a good year, like because you keep doing that, you're gonna be good. Um, well, when you get into to, to, to something like this, where you double your money in you know four or five months and it's happening over and over and over again, you know, it's like, well, darn, and it happened in a major way. You're looking at companies that have you know did 500 million dollars and they started a year ago, right. You know, Board A Yacht Club, for example. Now now has a five billion dollar valuation. Yeah. And it's like, sheesh, Like, <laughs> you know, and that, that certainly isn't the case in every situation. But I think that's what everybody kind of jumps in at and tries to participate, uh, hoping that the next thing becomes the next board at yacht club. And that's where it kind of gets dangerous yeah. because everybody just wants to hit home runs. And I think. Though there are a lot of plays out there, what what what, what is the wise approach or an approach that I use is uh, a, a kind of rule of thumb is don't go for home runs, just get comfortable hitting singles and doubles, right? You know, find opportunities that 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 make sense. You do your research and get in, and when you double your w money, get out. You know, so it's just like don't don't always try to get that, you know, four hundred x five hundred x you know, type of return, that's what people get in trouble. And so, you know, they just keep going at opportunities, thinking that they're going to hit that home run, and they really bleed their funds. So I think it's so many opportunities out there to, to hit uh, in this space, so many so many singles and doubles and just move slow and steady um, that that really, no one should even try to hit that many home runs because they'll come.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll I'll be honest, like I, I definitely made some errors and I could have been hitting singles and doubles and I was just, I was just holding it too long sometimes. Um, but I feel like that's just like the learning curve of the, this space. Like um, what I've noticed like recently with like, I guess, smaller projects, you kind of tell um, when there's like a, a, like a big boom and then there's always like one or two big like pushes for it. And then after that, like it kind of finds its value essentially. Um, and I feel like sometimes you just have to like let it go at those big booms and then you could buy back in if you really like the project. Cause some, sometimes that's how I feel like I actually do like it. And, um, and then you could just buy back in and you still made money off of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the worst, the worst play I made was, do- was Dogecoin. That was the worst. <laughs> and it, it, it really was worse. I, I still ended up winning. I got it yeah. in super low, but I was hoping it was going to hit a dollar. Right. And so I was, just holding it. And the reason why I say, um, and so I think it got up got up as high as like 70, something yeah. like that, 77, something like that. And I just held on like, it's gonna come back around and it just kept dropping, dropping, dropping. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna get out because it didn't even fit my philosophy. It was something that I just heard about. And I was like, you know, a lot of people talking about it, I just got on. But in me, I'm a, I'm a holder. But the reason why I, I hold too is because, we're also early to this space. I'm just thinking about what it's gonna be 10, 20 years from now. Right. Yeah. Like what is what is what is this space gonna be? Um, and so what I really usually look for is what is the utility of it? And that's why doge, it was doge was just a thing. Like yeah. literally no utility in it. And so it's like, okay, if it has utility, um, and I'm gonna hold, you know, it's it's, it's like buying a real estate property that you don't plan on ever selling, you know, mm-hmm. at least no time soon. And if you're going to hold it, you might as well rent it out yeah. or, you know, lease it out. And that's what I think you have the opportunity to do with so many projects. You know, like when people get in the NFT space, it's like, why would you look at projects that don't have any utility? Well, I mean, if you're going to just trade it. And that's what I think a lot of people do. They're just looking at the money. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. so many ways, so many ways of, of adding value, you know, getting in projects that have good utilities. Whether they're going to airdrop you tokens that maybe worth a lot, maybe worth nothing. You got it for free just because you had to. You just had it for you know the 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 project. If it has events that you can go to where you can participate in the event, or you can sell your spot at the event. That's you know I'm saying that's investing in yourself, and so that's 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 the way I kind of look at.
0: it. Yeah, no, that that's that's a uh, the benefits of holding is too because like I got a few different airdrops that you you know you could sell them and then you could still make some money and then if you if you really want to do some math you could be like all right well now i got this the main one for x amount instead of what i paid for it essentially Mm -hmm. like a discount or you just keep everything and see what happens because anything could happen at this point uh with all the things but um for those that don't know i know i didn't really introduce you as a football player because we've been talking about crypto but you do play for the saints and before we get off uh the crypto and nft space um, like where do you see NFTs and crypto going in, in sports I know there's been a lot of different like sponsorship deals with cryptos Um, not that much stuff but I mean NFTs besides like promoting I know some um, athletes have their own projects and things like that but like where do you see it going
1: I mean uh I'm a metaverse maniac and so I just believe the metaverse is coming like I believe people feel like feel more comfortable sitting at home and uh using using their brain to engage versus actually engaging. And, and it, I don't know, I think it's just the way that, I don't know if people really like that or just the way that the way our world is kind of set up is kind of just pushing people into that. I feel like the pandemic and uh, of staying at home kind of increased it even more. We're already very phone heavy. We're already very work from home and Zoom heavy now. Um, so I just think about what does that mean And I think fans of the game, if you ever really look at fans and sports fans think they know as much as the players and the coaches, right? They don't just casually watch the game. They think they know more. And then video games have made it to where they feel like if they had the ability, they would know what to do in those situations. And so I believe eventually that the metaverse will host E-games and E-games will will be just as big as, you know, uh, games in reality and if they you imagine watching uh, madden or uh nba 2k or fifa with real people's avatars right and literally the top played the top paid athlete like uh you know like a aaron Rodgers deal or uh um the uh, Sean Watson deal, like two biggest signings this off season are essentially like the top avatars. Like it could be anybody, just somebody that has the ability to be able to play the game. It's an equalizer right now. It's not based on your, your athletic ability it's based on your your mental ability to be able to perform inside the game. Like that's the game of people watching. And you're essentially recruited by Dow's Dow's own those teams. So, you know, Maybe a league is formed, you know, 50 people in the community, they go by the, they go buy one of the 30 teams and they are able to go recruit gamers to come play on their team. And that's what people are watching because everybody's just tapped into the to the metaverse. And there's gonna be so much going on uh, from a digital standpoint. People are not gonna have the the time to to go and train themselves physically for like an actual game. And then what I'm talking is probably you know, 20, 30 years down the line or maybe sooner. But yeah. um that's that's why I believe the game will go. I feel like sports games will actually be in the metaverse. It will be uh digital games that, that, that people are tuned in
0: watching. Yeah, no, I mean I wouldn't be surprised. I mean obviously esports has been blown up. It's actually like on T V and ESPN and stuff now. It's like pretty crazy. So I feel like that's like uh I don't know if those people will go into it or like I guess the NFT people will go into that, but I feel like it would be a mixture of both. It's just interesting to to see. But um, just going back uh, into football, and I know you're on the, the Saints now and you got drafted um, in the third round to the Jets back in 2012. Uh, what, what was that experience like just getting drafted?
1: Oh, man, it was amazing. When, when you look at dreaming about something your whole life and training and, Everything that goes into the process, when you're a kid in little League, saying I'm going to the pros and then wanting to be a star in your high school team and and getting out there playing in on Friday nights, then wanting to go and play at college and kind of be like the neighborhood hero of going to college and coming back home and then doing that and sacrificing many opportunities to go hang out because you're training you in the weight room, just putting in hours and hours and hours. And then seeing your name on the draft screen, talking about that you're projected to be going in this year's draft and, you know, first, second, third round. Man, it's just an incredible journey. And then it finally happens. Your phone rings on draft day. And I had my wife there my mom there. I got the call and it's, 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 it's words can't express it, it, there's, there's, there's nothing like it, it, it's like you go into a dream, a dream instantly. And so like when I got drafted, I was essentially snatched out, snatched out of reality and into a dream world and I now spent 10 years in that dream world now and you know, and form new dreams since I've been here.
0: Yeah, then I mean you got you got drafted by the the New York Jets so as you know the New York media is like crazy and things like that so what was it like just to play in uh, New York?
1: New York was crazy, man. It was wild. I mean personally how New York is set up, it's anything but a football market, right? Um yeah. basketball and baseball of course is, is much bigger than New York, but even in, it's not it's not just sports. It's it's it's, it's a Mecca of so many different things and so when they have to talk about sports it's not talking about what's really going on with the team it's trying to sensationalize anything just so it can grab the headlines because there's so much going on and that produces so much drama that it's always something in the media and you know it just it it makes the game not fun in a lot of ways not that it's, it's bad press or anything like that, it's just, uh, just always a lot going on, man. It's, it's a media circus because everybody's trying to fight to get, to get a headline. And so, man, you hear so many stories, so much, so much, so many rumors. It's just, it's just a lot. And so, I mean, you definitely have to have a lot of thick, you got to have real thick skin and you have to be very, very smart and very careful when you're in New York.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I gotta ask you: Did you ever get to meet uh, Gary V? Since I know he's a huge Jets fan and he's big into everything at this point, NFTs and crypto.
1: No, you know What I did not know, Gary V was a huge uh, Jets fan. I watched a little bit of Gary Vee, but yeah. not as much as I wish I, I, I did. I mean, he's I, I really love that guy. He's he's a very sharp individual, and I like the way he's just leading this space, and you know, yeah. Uh, but I did not know he was a Jets fan. I might need to reach out to him now that I know he's oh, a Jets fan.
0: Oh yeah, he's a he's a huge Jets fan. Actually, that's like his, his uh his dream goal is to buy the Jets. Oh really? Yeah. Hey,
1: he be if he jump in one of these dials where well, they create these dials <laughs> now, it could
0: happen for real. There you go. I think uh, there was a video clip he made. Like I think I think he made like ninety million dollars in like I don't know stupid short period of time of off of NFTs. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was crazy, crazy stuff. But um, yeah, then you you eventually you went you went to the Cleveland Browns and then uh, the Jets actually traded back for you. Um so one, what was it like to play in Cleveland and then get traded back to the Jets?
1: Cleveland was dope. When I was in Cleveland, I was uh I was there the year that, that the LeBron won the finals oh, and the Indians good. went to the Indians went to the World Series and they that's lost it. to the Cubs. And so, man, uh first Those are my biggest memories, Um, not to take away from the team, but to be in a city when a team wins the final and being at the parade and watching LeBron and the pandemonium and what that meant for the city. I mean, I thought they were going to burn the city down. It was (laughs) was pandemonium, man. It was a fun time. And then going to the World Series, first time being at a baseball playoff game and being not just a playoff game, but in the World Series, I went to uh, two of the home games that they had. And uh it was it was it was it was fire it was it was it was super dope like being there at those games um you know just you know surreal like dang i'm at a world series right now and thinking that there's a country boy from mississippi i never saw myself being anything like that i mean packed stadium everybody standing up every pitch just the energy in that place was was, was crazy uh like stuff you read about in books yeah. but um Man, but the team was it was dope. We was just sorry. <laughs> Our team was sorry, man. Uh we played with a lot of lot of a lot of energy. Um, guys fought hard. We was just so young, man. We had so many rookies when I got there. I think they, they cut like 20 of the veteran guys and, and and have they they signed all their rookies, every rookie they drafted, every it was it was weird, you know. And so the team was so young and uh, we just didn't know how to win. We only won one game that season, so that was hard. But I mean I had a fun time and then I got traded back to New York, and uh, yeah, I came back. I think they were even thinking I was going to be a backup, just another linebacker that could come in and compete. But uh, they ended up releasing the starting linebacker. I took over the job, and the rest is history, man. Took off.
0: Yeah, and then um, 2018, you signed signed with the Saints. But I wanted to ask you, like, that was your second free agency. So, what 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 is it like to be? kind of like pick wherever you want to go essentially
1: um you, you hope you get to pick wherever you want yeah. to go you hope somebody wants you. or, I mean, or a wide
0: variety I, I should say
1: yeah the first time I, I i um i went to free agency was a little bit different yeah. i had um i hadn't performed the best year before um of course like you know new york media yeah. is sensationalized. It. i mean i felt like i still even i look back I was a I was a young above average you know linebacker, but I had, I gave them some big plays and you know they they made it like I was one of the worst in the world, whatever. So when I came out, you know it really wasn't that many teams. I think I had like three teams that really wanted me, and Cleveland was kind of the best offer. And so I ended up going to Cleveland, um, and that was just stressful. You know that was very stressful. I'm I'm usually a, a pretty good sleeper. I can lay in my bed five ten minutes. I'm out. But I remember like stand up nights, just worried, like, you know, where am I going to go? What's next? And it was the first time I'd ever, I had only known New York, didn't know you know much about the business side of it. So that was a very stressful time. And then ended up in Cleveland, just ended up being the best thing that could have ever happened. Um, I really feel like it was a turning point in my career. Um, but the second time I came out to New York, you know, I was the, the top linebacker entering the free agency, the, I was the uh, number eight overall uh, uh, linebacker in the league, and so I, I performed like a top ten player at that point, and really putting myself on the on the, on the radar. Then being number one free agent at my position coming out, you know, I kind of had my pick of the litter, and so it was a much different situation. And so now it was just about trying to find the right fit, and New Orleans was that.
0: Yeah, I mean. And so I, 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 when I was doing my research, my the question I was dying to ask you is, how were you the last three years all pro and first team and the second team, but you haven't been a Pro Bowler yet?
1: That's a million dollar question, man. That's <laughs> a million dollar question. If you can go find the answer to that, man, you probably make you gonna make more than Gary B made in that short period of time.
0: <laughs> so, so the I mean, for like, I guess the average sports fan, they probably think Pro Bowlers mean means more, but I know like the All Pro carries more weight yeah. in terms yeah. of, especially when you go to the negotiation table
1: so and the all pro carries more weight um, so at the end of the day that's a business that's what's most important is going to be oh, yeah. paid um, the, the all pro carries more weight because of who is selected by right yeah. it's selected by coaches uh, people who really study the game that analyze and know like what to look for. And that's what I, I play for. Like Pro Bowl is, is they people say like popularity contest. I don't I don't really agree with that. I think it, it has a value of it too, right? It's um, people who who have gotten noticed for a certain reason, right? They have something that whether well, it's it's not because it's not all fans, it's players vote on it as well. I think coaches do a little bit. And so um yeah I think they both have their their weight, but for me, if I could pick which one I want, I want the all pro because I'm just a guy that's about um, not necessarily my name being out there, I'm more about like the respect of my peers. That's what I want more than anything. I want the respect of my peers. And so when I know it's people who watch the game, that are around the game, that know what to look for, and I got that respect, that's all I need.
0: Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Um and then in 2021 you won, won the the Bart Star Award which is for outstanding ca- character and leadership in your in the hometown or on the field or in the, or in the community. Um I believe you you started the, the say her name campaign. So what what did that mean to you and then why did you start that?
1: Um yeah, I mean so the Bart Star Award was probably one of the greatest awards um that I got because it's what I wanted to be known for. I always want to be known for my character more than my game. When I walk away from the game, you know, if the greatest thing I ever did in life was play football, then, you know, I feel like I underperformed in life. And to be recognized all by peers, that's another one that's voted on solely by players. That's, that's what made that one great. But then also what it represents of my peers seeing me as a a man before God, as uh, a husband, as a father, as a person that's active in community and leading in that way, that means everything. You know, these are the guys that are around me all the time and whether they know me directly or through one of their teammates or whatnot, like to have that type of respect is huge. And when it comes to say her name campaign that was one of many things that that were birthed out of i'm a part of the players coalition and we're we try to work in areas of um uplifting communities that have traditionally been excluded from society mainly in four areas um policing education uh economic mobility and criminal justice reform and so we kind of work across those spaces to work in uh, the corners uh, of America that, that justice doesn't necessarily get to. And we try to use our voice and platform to kind of uplift, uplift, uplift stories and push to the front um, things that that uh, are happening that most society may not know about. And so this was one of them. What we were able to, to learn about what was happening with black women in our country is because they live in a, a term that was uh, in a space that was termed intersectionality. And which means that when we deal with race, we talk about black people and that most of the time starts with black men. And then when we talk about women's issues, which is crazy what's going on with women right now. I just heard earlier with the NIL that women are making more than the men. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And so when you deal with the women, uh, most of the time it starts with white women. And so when you look at these terms, none of them specifically address the unique issues that happen with black women, right? What's happening with them in the health space, what's happening with them in the workspace. Uh, Like if you talk about uh, workplace uh, diversity, most of the time if they're gonna have diversity in there, it's gonna be a woman and a black man like that's so what happens to the black woman we look at health issues and 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 the uniqueness of of the health issues that they have or something as simple as um having a baby and talking about um the pain that they're experiencing is the the way that the doctors respond just but from 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 stereotypes is, is is vastly different and when you look at Differences in domestic violence and all these different things, and so it's a lot of different. It's a lot of issues that are specific to Black women, and that's what we want to do. We want to highlight those things, and it was one of the, it was birthed out of a, a campaign of when you looked at police brutality. It was always talking about Black men, but the the, the women were kind of being overshadowed but understanding that Black women were being killed by police officers too. And so we use that platform to highlight Black women who have been at the hate. Uh, 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 some of those names that haven't talked about as much, some of the names of Black women who have been killed by police in of all that was going on with George Floyd and all that. But we also wanted to use that moment to highlight and celebrate Black women in, 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 in spaces that were doing great things. Um, but also highlight the issues uh, where they weren't being um, talked to the, some of the issues that weren't being talked about as, as much as they should. So that's what that whole campaign was about. And so we launched that with our team. Um, we, we out of players to learn about it, learn about the issues. And we just used our platform to highlight it.
0: Yeah, no, that's dope. Um, yeah. And I also, and I don't know, obviously you don't know me. I know we just met, so, but I work with a lot of WNBA players. So, um i see it kind of firsthand and it's always dope to get them deals essentially more than like the male athletes i work with because like it it's just like it's one it's rarer and they get more excited because it's harder to get them but i like doing it because i work with like a lot of underdogs and things like that so it's like it's more fulfilling i guess i'd say um Mm -hmm. to 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 make that stuff happen so it's fun to do um but yeah that's why i wanted to get you on too just because like i researched you a lot and i saw you were doing a, a a bunch of dope things not just like nfts and in sports. Um so yeah. Um are you ready for some uh less serious questions, some fun questions? Yeah, it's cool, man. Let's do it. All right. Uh who was who was your do you remember who your first sack was?
1: Oh, first sack. Um yeah, I do. It was a a game in Buffalo. I don't remember who the quarterback was but I, I tackled the quarterback whoever started was in Buffalo in twenty thirteen.
0: All right. First sack. I'm trying to think. What it wasn't. That was probably too. Was it Tyrod Taylor then or no? No, with
1: Tyrod yeah. Taylor, not in 2013.
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nope. Dang, I don't know. I was thinking of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was there for a while. Anyways, who who's there? What quarterback is there? Is there a quarterback that you still want to sack that you haven't sacked yet? No,
1: I don't got everybody I wanted to get. <laughs> All right.
0: Is it? I know. I got. I see a lot of game balls behind there. Like, what's your most memorable one?
1: Oh, all of them are. All of them are pretty, pretty, me- me- pretty memorable. Let me see if I grab the closest one. This always be special. Thirty-eight-three, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, this is not last season, but the season before. And we had beat, we had beat, you know of course Brady's just made it to he had just made it to uh, Tampa Bay. and so we had them open it, open up in game one. and <laughs> it was a uh, we came out we came out and shot pretty bad. got the pick six and so of course we had to go play them on their turf. and uh, we played them on their turf. And everybody was expecting them to come back. They had found their stride in the season. And literally, they couldn't move the ball. We, I think we finished up like eight or nine sacks that game, um, a couple picks. And it was just it just was a dominant performance. They ended up coming back and beating us in the playoffs. And, um, you know, that was that. They, won, they went and won the Super Bowl. But, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all of them are but they all got different stories connected yeah, to them.
0: Uh, who who was your favorite player growing up? Not nah, it, it it could be an, uh football or not football.
1: My favorite player growing up was actually LeBron. LeBron was probably I mean that was a little bit later, but LeBron was probably my favorite player. Um, about growing up.
0: Yeah, no, you played you played basketball in high school, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. You were good. Seventeen point three points, man. There you
0: go. <laughs> there you go. Um I know you're from you're from Mississippi. So if I ever went to Mississippi, where would I have to go to try uh to get some good food?
1: Anywhere. Anywhere. Any- <laughs> yeah. You come you come you come come to my people's house. Uh one of my, one of my um one of my aunt's house or uh, uh on my side on my wife's side, we'll get you some good food.
0: All right, Pat, I'll take you up on that. Um uh, actually, oh yeah, did you watch um Last Chance You on Netflix? Yeah, is that is Scuba Mississippi? You're familiar with it? Yeah, I know Scuba. So what what was that like to watch? That was that like crazy to you?
1: No, it wasn't crazy at all. I mean, that's life in the sip in some spaces, especially like out there. You know, it ain't nothing to do. You yeah. know, but play football and um, it's crazy because a lot of those guys that that's that's at the school. You know, you you know them through different people, and so. And then, you know, the coach that was out there, he was a part of a a championship team that one of my coaches, uh, one of my cousins coached on. And so, I mean, it was wild, you know, Uh, it was just because it was Mississippi. So I watched all the episodes, you know, like back to back to back, you know, I felt like I could relate to a lot of that. And um, it literally is that last chance you, you know, because those guys that, if they don't go to college, you know what are their lives gonna be? You know it's gonna. It ain't, it ain't many opportunities to make it out. You know, and that's that's life in Mississippi. You know, uh, especially for uh, young African American men, because there's no there's no guidance. There's no people showing them that there are different avenues outside of sports, and so they don't value not that they don't don't value. They don't know the value of the classroom and not using it as uh, an opportunity to, to change their life. And so the only thing they have is the football field. And most of the time, some of the guys don't have the character that they need to 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 stay in the schools that they're at. And so they end up, you know, at a JUCO for grades or, you know, getting, getting into some trouble. And literally that's their last shot. And it's either you make it to division one and go on to be successful in the game, or, you know, you back to to your neighborhood and, and nothing but bad waiting on you there
0: yeah i mean i think uh we kind of touched on it before i think that's why it's dope with the new nil rules and all this crypto and nfts like i think like kids are gonna start i think i mean i know a lot of people made kids made money this year but like once it keeps on developing and developing i think people are gonna have enough money where they like won't necessarily like it won't be like a burden if they don't make like a nfl or nba or mlb or whatnot
1: if they manage it correctly
0: yeah 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 Um, last one. What is something people don't know about you?
1: Uh, don't know is, uh, I enjoy playing the piano. All
0: right. Yeah. That's dope. That's one of of my, that's one of my
1: side hobbies. Are you
0: a, are you a Jersey guy or sneaker guy or both?
1: Uh, neither. All right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a suit guy. All
0: right. You got a lot, you got a lot of suits.
1: Yeah, probably got like twenty-some suits.
0: Nice. Any like you got like crazy like colors or patterns?
1: No, I keep it. I keep it simple. It's more the details for me. All right, it's all about the fit. You know. Yeah. Switching out the lapel pins. Um, you know, different different type three button, double breast, uh, three piece, just different different little. I keep the colors, I stick to my, my my charcoals, my grays, my blues, browns. Keep it pretty simple.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, they can follow me at uh D56 Davis on Instagram or Demario underscore underscore Davis on Twitter.